Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s inspired style and cutting edge performance technology with its sleek mid cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi piece upper construction delivers high energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. Another big night comes to an end in Basel. Welcome to TC Live, presented by Cabinets to Go. The race to Turin is alive and well. See who helps their cause today. Here's what's coming up over the next half hour on the show. We've got half of the ATP Top 10 in action today. Medvedev, Tsitsipas, the world number one. All the highlights coming straight ahead. Plus, everything is bigger in Texas including the WTA Finals. Less than a week away, our experts tell you who can upset Iga in Fort Worth. Come on into the studio. Welcome to TC Live in Santa Monica, California. Steve Weissman back alongside Jan Michael Gamble and Chris Eubanks, both styling and profiling today. How about that match that we just witnessed? Dominic Stricker, the young Swiss player, pushing Pablo Carino Busta to a third set. He certainly did. Stricker with the big forehand, all those forehands up the line. You were talking a lot about that, Chris, in those matches. He was taking some big cuts, but I like what you were saying about him taking the targets in a little bit, not going for too much. You can, if you can do it for a sustained amount of time, overpower Pablo on the court. It's not easy to do. Stricker did it for a set and a half, maybe even a little bit more, but Pablo with his consistency and just being able to overwhelm opponents with never missing was able to, in the end, get, get the better of him. I mean, early in the third set, they were sitting at about, I think, one all, and Stricker had 40 winners. I mean, yeah. I was just sitting there, and I go, 40 winners? That is so hard to do, and not that many unforced errors. His four and up the line was absolutely amazing today, but Carreño is who he is for a reason. He's a Masters 1000 champion. He's one of the most consistent players on tour because he forces players to play at a high level for a long period of time, and his drops and his lapse in concentration, they don't last very long. He had a little bit of a lapse. In the second set, was able to regroup and just played a very solid brand of tennis. Stricker came up with some incredible shots, but in the end, it just wasn't enough to overcome the consistency of Carreño Busta. Great call. It was a fun listen and uh, cannot wait to see his next match. The world number one in action today, Car Carlos Alcaraz. And he's looking to make his 11th quarterfinal of the year, first since the U.S. Open. Had a tough first rounder against Jack Draper. Did not get any easier against Botic Vendezanchel, Chris. No, it did not. And Botic made him come up with some incredible shots. Alcaraz saved the break. Point with an incredible drop volley, ended up breaking in the next game of Bundesenskop, and then served the match out to perfection. And the second set shows that it was a, may have been a little bit one-sided, but it was anything but. We saw some incredible points. This point right here had a little bit of everything. We see a Connie forehand from Alcaraz just to show a little blast from the past, digging out these drop shots, and then just getting the crowd involved. You can see how much they love this kid. They know how special he is and served it out like a pro, like the number one player in the world that he is. But Botic gave him a nice run for his money, but at the end, it just wasn't enough to overcome. Carlos Alcaraz. What does that mean? What, what, what's the, what are the goggles for? Do you know? I believe huevos. If I'm <laughs> okay, not is that what it is? I believe is so. I'm not is. sure. Don't I'm quote me to figure on it. it myself. Don't quote me on it, but uh, he made a little reference during the U.S. Open of, you know, his brain and how smart he is. And, you know, 
he's a he's a fan of I guess scrambled eggs. This, there you go. He's got him. Uh, take a look at our cabinets to go match summary. A delayed bagel to finish the match. He's actually down to break. Two love. And then nearly three times the winners to unforced errors. Now has won at least a set in all but one match this year. What impressed you the most, Jan Mike, today? What always impresses me the most is how much fun he has on the court. It's it's an, it's just makes everybody want to watch him, myself included. When he's on court, you, you've seen what he's doing out there. He played better in the second set, of course, when he was down 2-0. played some awesome tennis there, hit some shots that you might not normally see him hit. The drop shots, some strange, like, even backhand uh, overheads, just, uh, just feeling himself out there on the court, and that's really fun to watch. He figures out a way to win matches so often, he just kind of, when's that going to happen? And it, it happened for, in the second set there. It's the three C's, he calls it. Cabeza, Corazon, the, the heart, and then Cajones. That's the, that's the last three. Clearly things have been right working. Clearly things have been working for him. He, of course, is already qualified for the year-end finals, but that race to Turin is heating up. Let's start with the red-hot Felix Auger-Aliassime, because FAA has won eight straight matches, back-to-back -back titles in Florence and Antwerp. Only dropped two sets on the way to those trophies. Now three titles this year. Has him in the seventh place for the ATP Finals, leading Taylor Fritz for that last spot. OJ Aliassime facing the new Swiss number one, Marc-Andre Hüsler, who's at a career-high 62 in the world, Jan Mike. Yeah, Hüsler just won his first title a few weeks back, so playing up some confidence. He's got a big game, big serve, big forehand, in fact. There's a good one there. That cross play uses it extremely well. Just caught the line on that side there. Hit a few of those forehands behind Felix Ojalisim, which is a good play against such a fast guy. Gets the first set. Felix, however, I was impressed. Shrugged it off. I called this match. Didn't really even look too concerned. Played even better in the second. Got an early break. A serve there. The nice pass in the backhand side. Serves it out. Had to bide his time a little bit here in the third set. Was a little bit closer until this moment right here. Nice little pass, got that ball just low enough. It was tricky for Houston to volley. He's a talented volleyer, couldn't get it done there. And Felix just stepped up, served it out. Career best ninth straight win. Never done that before in his life. Felix is on a roll right now. Some stuff. Gets Misha Ketsmanovic next. They played a lot in the juniors coming up. And then in Vienna we go. Top seed Daniil Medvedev. He is in the fifth spot, Chris, in the race to turn, facing Nicholas Basilashvili for the first time. Yeah, but I think everyone knows that Neil is such a threat in any event. Even if he is the fifth seed going into the year in finals, no one really wants to see him playing on an indoor court. We see today just how dangerous he can be. Points like this classic Medvedev using that beautiful back end up the line, just wearing down Basilashvili. And then in, was able to come up out on top in the first set. Second set, it was a lot more of the same thing. Just making Basilashvili have to play shot after shot after shot. And was just unable to do so. Served 78% on his first serve. If he's doing that on any surface, let alone an indoor hardcore, he is going to be very difficult to beat because of how well he can play from the ground in combination with serving is such a high percentage. 30th win on the hard courts this year for Medvedev. Gets that spicy matchup with Dominic Team next. And then Taylor Fritz on the outside looking in right now in that race to turn. Big opportunity against Denis Shapovalov today, Jan Mike. Yeah, and a little bit of a slow start, I felt like, for Taylor Fritz today. Shapo came out ready to go, was returning well, serving well. Got that first set done very quickly. Fritz stepped it up in second. You see that 6-4 there. But Shapo turned it back on again. Now, Shapo's had some good success against Taylor Fritz. Four wins in the two losses coming into this match. And Taylor with a little bit of a foot injury. Had that looked at on the sideline. Took a little bit of a break. It wasn't enough. So, after beating Shapo in 
Tokyo in the semifinals there in the event that he won that Tokyo 500, loses to Dennis today. But really, Shapo played an excellent match. Four breaks to serve for Shapovalov. So taking a look at the updated live ATP race to Turin. Medvedev, Rublev, Felix Ojealiasim, Fritz with the loss. Hercotch still alive. Of course, Djokovic is in because he won Wimbledon and is ranked in the top 20. So still 1,000 points on the line next week in Paris. We've got 500 in both Basel and Vienna. Chris, does this change? So does somebody outside of Medvedev, Felix and Rublev make it, and if so, who is that man? Uh, I don't really see it. I think this was going to be a big week for Fritz. Fritz had the opportunity to really kind of ascend himself and jump, make a big jump, and now he's putting a lot of pressure on himself going into the last tournament of the year, Masters 1000 in Paris. We have seen an American come up clutch. Yep in previous years and win Paris Masters in order to advance into the year in finals. But seeing that Fritz is having a little bit of trouble with his foot, I don't know if I put my eggs in that basket. I think what you see now in the top eight will probably be what comes in Turin. What do you think? Yeah, I think, I think Chris is, good, is a good point. I think that's probably going to happen, but 1,000 points is a lot of points. There, there are some points on the line. If some guys lose early, get a little fire going, you never know what can happen in that tournament. As you said, Jack Sock did do it not too long ago. Um, so it's possible. There's a lot of points on the line, and Taylor has won one in Indian Wells. Different surface, certainly, than Indian Wells. A lot faster in Paris, indoors there. Um, so don't know if it'll happen. Felix playing awfully well. He's still in this event, so he's going to put some more points on, distance himself a little bit. What about Hubie Hercotch? You give him a shot, the winning in Paris, indoors? I give him a chance. I think he definitely has a chance. I just think the margins are so slim now, like you said, because Felix is playing so yeah. well. I mean, he is playing so exceptionally well. Now you're putting... Two things on the board. Felix has to lose early, and Hubie has to really go on a really big run. I just seem to like the top eight of right now. I think that those guys are going to kind of solidify themselves between this week and maybe first couple of rounds in Paris Masters, and then we'll see how things go in turn. How big are those two alternate spots, right? Because the top eight go, and then you do have two alternates. A lot of times somebody gets hurt, somebody, you know, has a nagging injury. And they get put in, so to be able to still be in turn and have that opportunity. Yeah, well, it's no big deal to, to go there as an alternate. You can go hit, <laughs> hit with everybody and be at this great event and have an opportunity to maybe play a little bit more tennis. And uh, people do get injured. It certainly has happened quite a few times. So slip in there, and you never know. And huge amount of points on the line. And money as well. Is that something that's talked about in the locker room, just being able to get there, be, be a part of the presence at the year-end finals? Absolutely. The guys who are on the cusp and the close, they are the ones who are, you know, pretty concerned about who might pull out or how many points do I need to get to make top eight. It's always a, a talking point. I don't think a lot of players focus too much on it, but be lying if we say the conversation doesn't come up. And we know how the point breakdown goes. We know when guys are dropping points. So it's something that's talked about, but I don't think players put too much stock in it. But everyone wants to be a part of the year in finals at least once in their career. Absolutely. All right, we got more highlights from Basel and Vienna on the way. But when we come back, it is all about the world's best women. The WTA finals beginning next Monday in Fort Worth, Texas. Can one of the two Americans in the field take home the title? TC Live is presented by Cabinets to Go, your wow for less.
Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s-inspired style and cutting-edge performance technology with its sleek mid-cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi-piece upper construction delivers high-energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. Continues. If you follow the top eight on social media, some of them already in Fort Worth getting ready to play the WTA finals. We will be there live for you right here on Tennis Channel. In the last 10 events, check this out. The top seed has only won three times. Serena twice and Ash Barty once. Garbina Muguruza won last year as the sixth seed. And Chris, you, you were saying that surprised you a little bit that, that the top seed world number one has only won three of the last 10 times. A little bit. I mean, we know it's a very difficult tournament to win just simply because every single one of the players in which you're playing are one of the best in the world. So I can I see how it can be difficult, but just I guess I'm so used to for so long Serena kind of being the dominant force in women's tennis. And she seemed to kind of just blow through the field in every other event. But the year in finals, it poses a lot of different challenges. A lot of times players, their bodies may not be able to hold up for the end of the year. A lot of players will decide to cut the year short in order to start an offseason to go into Australia completely healthy. So I think there are a lot of variables that, you know, to take into account. But I thought it was a bit surprising to see only three out of the last ten. And, and what, what do you feel about that? A little bit of a different side of the coin. I don't disagree necessarily. You'd sort of expect that top seed and the player who's earned that, that spot to, to do well. But I think it's difficult. You don't usually enter a tournament and play one of those players so early. You usually have some time mm. to sort of work your way into the tournament, get those early round jitters off. Everybody has them. First round, you got them. And no matter what, no matter who you are, so you have to deal with that. And you kind of work your way. A lot of players work their way into tournaments. Serena's done it her whole career, not Absolutely. always playing her best tennis early and peaking later when she really needed to. So having that kind of right in front of you, play one of the best eight players in the world, that's tough. Yeah, I mean, you're starting off obviously, against one of the top players in the world. Talk about Serena. Last time we had two Americans in the WTA Finals was 2009. It was Serena and Venus. Now we've got Coco Goff and Jesse Pagula, both in it, both ranked in the top five. First time we've had that since 2010 as well. Uh, what does that say to you, that, that finally for the first time, you know, in, in over a decade, we've got two Americans there? Uh, it's so exciting. And, and honestly, because of me and my personal connection to Coco, I enjoy seeing her do so well. I think for me, a lot of people miss the fact that this is, I think, her first year being able to play a full schedule just simply because of the age restrictions on the WTA. She just turned 18 this year, so now she can play a full schedule. And we see how well she can play when she's not under the guidelines of playing a limited amount of tournaments. She's been able to play singles and doubles and this is going to be fun, man. I really can't wait to see what she can do. I really can't wait to see what Jesse can do with this new confidence she has, I'm sure, of being a, a WTA 1000 champion. So it's going to be exciting, man. I'm hoping to see some really, really good tennis, and I'm hoping to see some one of the Americans hopefully come out on top and hopefully both in doubles. Yeah, and they're in doubles as well. I mean, yeah, th these two Americans that are in singles are playing doubles together there. Together. It's just really exciting. You know, Coco's been, everybody's been talking about Coco for so long now, and uh, she's certainly living up to the hype and, uh, has done it so well. They have such a great team around Coco. Always so impressed with that. Pagula, it took a lot longer 
um, you know, working all that time with, with Wit, and he's done such a great job in, in you know, cultivating a really good mind in her head. Uh, she's so focused, and it's the best tennis that she's clearly ever played, um, and it's going to be on showcase there. So two di very different paths, and uh, it's, it's going to be awesome to see them both there. You tell us about your, your friendship with Coco. Um, I, she calls you giraffe or something, something like that. <laughs> oh, wow. she, 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 she believes that, that that should be your costume I or something for, for Halloween. I didn't know that I was into a fire. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Wouldn't have mentioned that. It's okay, though. She, uh, she did give me an alternate Halloween costume suggestion, and I did take her advice. I'm not going to say exactly what oh, it is, but okay. it'll, it'll be good. I think she'll be proud of me. I'll put it that way. <laughs> so give us some insight. What, what is she, how is she feeling making her first trip to the WTA final? The thing is, it's, it's so one of the probably the most amazing things about her is that she stays a normal kid. And it's, it's wild to me to think she loves sitting here. I think yesterday I checked my phone. We're in a, an Apple Notes thing that we both can edit of favorite TV shows. And she has sent a list of anime shows that I have no intention of watching, to be honest. <laughs> I hope she didn't see it and get mad at me. But she went in there and just checked one of them off. She said she just completed a new series in anime, something that she loves to do. And she just spends so much time with her friends, going to her younger brother's sporting events. Her, one of her younger brothers is one of the best baseball players in the state of Florida. Another, it, Cameron, is one of the best football players in South Florida at such a young age of nine. So yeah. she's such a, just a normal kid, and just the fact that she handles everything so well, it's incredibly impressive to me, and I get to see it up close, and I'm pretty lucky for it. Yeah, we, we always talk about the Marvel Universe, so I mean, I, I don't know the <laughs> anime stuff either, but I, I do know a little bit about uh, Marvel. She loves Superman. She loves... You know, Iron Man and all those characters as well. We look at this field. We talked about the other day how Iga Sviantek, 19-1 against the rest of the field. So if, if you were doing, put, putting money on it, Iga or the field, Jan Mike? Uh, right now, I have to say Iga. She's just had too good of a year. She's too confident. She's found a way to play on the hard courts as well, um, really playing a lot better tennis on the hard courts and was struggling a little bit with her forehand, uh, you know, on the hard courts, the faster courts, found a way at the Open to play some of her best tennis that I've ever seen her play, really, and it's continued it. So the indoors, how fast will it be there? That's some players that maybe can have a chance rushing her. I think it's, I think it's a difficult uh, ask, but uh, it's going to be fun to watch and see. Round-robin round format, so that's a little different as well. I mean, you could lose and still make it into the knockout round. Eager of the field, who are you taking? Coco's watching. Uh, so. She is, she is watching. I, at this point, and I'm going to get in some trouble for this one, but I'm probably going to have to take Iga as well. I mean, she's been playing so well all year. She's clearly solidified herself as one of the, as the best player on the women's side, and I think it's going to be a, a tough ass. I don't think it's impossible, like you say, being indoors. I think somebody will be able to produce enough power to hopefully rush her and get her off her game, but we got to wait and see. That's not that right. easy. Coco, I'm taking the field. <laughs> your, 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 buddy, your buddy Chris said, said Iga. I'm, just, I'm in trouble. I'm just, I'm just saying. No field. Uh, Serena, the last American to win at the WTA Finals. Could she get back there? That's right. Her evolution away from tennis may not be over. We'll tell you what Serena said recently about a return to the court. Eubanks, Gamble, Weissman back on TC Live, presented by Cabinets to Go. A reminder, next week, the last Masters 1000 of the season and the last chance to qualify for the year-end championships. Don't miss Tennis Channel's daily live coverage of the Rolex Paris Masters beginning next Monday, 6 a.m. Eastern. We've got Prakash and Danny on site in France as well. But first, it is back to Vienna. Sitsipas and Novak, not Djokovic, although he did say he was playing Paris next week. This is Denis Novak taking on the world number five, Jan Mike. 
Yeah, Sissy Paz had a little bit of trouble in this first set, but played a very high-level tiebreaker. Here you see 6-2, the approaching, attacking game of Sissy Paz working there in the first set. As expected, this is the way he likes to play. Again, gets the early break here in the second set. 3-1, easy overhead, put away, sort of moving through the second set with some fair ease. 5-2, the big serve. Nice day in the office for Stefano Sissipas. Looking solid. Adds to his ATP Tour leading win total, number 57 this season. I think it's a 60 this year, Stefano Sissipas. Uh, some other winners today, couple of Americans in action. Marcos Girone gets the victory. Uh, Jensen Brooksby goes out. You've been hitting a little bit at UCLA, Chris, so uh, get, getting some of that Giron love, right? Some of that Bruin love. Rickus Villas has been doing a good job of getting out there at 6 a.m. with me to try to help <laughs> me out during this time, so I appreciate you, Rickus, and uh, I'm trying to bring some of that good Bruin energy uh, here to the TC studios. Yannick Sinner also getting a nice win. Lorenzo Musetti going down. Time to see what's trending on social media. Sasha Zverev still recovering from that ankle injury that he suffered at Roland Garros. Will soon drop out of the top ten for the first time in five years, Jen, Mike. Yeah, it's a bit of a surprise, but it's it's been plaguing him ever since then. And uh, hopefully we'll see him back on court soon. It's What can you do about it? Injuries happen in tennis, and uh, this one is just a long-term one. So it has to be so important. It's so important when you get back on court that you are injury-free, that it's not in the back of your mind that you're going to hurt yourself again. You're not being too, too tender on it. You have to get out and be able to compete. So he's going to take his time. Yeah, we saw that injury take place at the French Open against Rafa in what looked like to be an all-time classic at the time. I think those guys were playing for upwards of two hours and were only two sets in, so we knew we were in for a long battle. And came out soon after and said he was hoping to try to play the U.S. Open. Personally, I thought that was pretty quick considering how bad the injury looked. And then I think he had a little bit of a setback trying to prepare for the Davis Cup. So it makes sense that if you re-aggravate an injury to take your time, there's no rush. Get back out there when you are fully 100% healthy. That's what I'm hoping he's going to do. No need to rush back. Take your time. The tour will be there waiting for you when you get ready. Meantime, when is Serena coming back? Or is she? Uh, this was very interesting. At a conference to promote her investment company, Serena said she has not retired from tennis, and the chances of her returning are, quote, very high. Chris, what was your reaction uh, when you heard that? Well, I think when Serena first made the, the announcement of her evolution, she made it a point to not use the word retirement. I think a lot of people in media were very... We want her to answer that question on retirement. She refuses to, so I think this is just kind of maybe a play on words here. She doesn't plan on retiring. She wants to continue to evolve, and I think that's kind of where the nuance lies. And her saying that her chances of returning to the sport are very high, I hope so. I'd love to see her back at the tournament again. Maybe that's playing doubles. Maybe that's a little mixed doubles. Give me a call if that's what you're looking to do. You know, I'm sure we can try to get into some, some grand slams at some point with uh, you carrying, carrying me. But, uh, no, I hope to see her back. In some way, you know, giving back to the sport and just being a part of it because the sport is better when she is. I, I agree with that. It's, it'd be great to have Serena come back and play some more. At the Open, she played better and better every single match, just needed the matches, in fact, and got them there. It was excellent tennis. We saw her playing by the end of it, so no reason she can't play more. If she evolved the way, she can evolve right back. Let's take her. We'll, we'll take you, Serena. Come back and play some more for us. We'd love to see it. Yeah, very high. I, I, I like those chances, right? Chances of coming back. Evolve back into the sport and play some mixed doubles with Chris Eubanks.
So Thursday schedule, 8 a.m. Eastern, both Basel and Vienna. T2 coverage starts an hour later at 9 a.m. Eastern. If you got that Samsung TV, we will be back here at 5 p.m. Eastern with TC Live and much more still to come on the show today. Chris, Jen, Mike, Steve, back with your hot shot of the day. This was 20 years ago today. Roger Federer and Andy Roddick in Basel, Jen, Mike, this legendary shot. <laughs> it's just a legendary shot. I remember that when that happened. Andy with the toss at Roger. Uh, he could have got this next ball here. Watch, he's right on the line. This is actually easy covered. He just had to put his racket up, but he did not think in a million years that it was going to sail by him. Air Federer. I mean, that's a, have you ever seen a shot like this, Chris? Uh, you know, not quite like that. <laughs> not quite like that. I've tried my cheap imitations. They haven't quite come out that good. It is, Roger. It is. Uh, here is what we've got for you tomorrow. What a day on Thursday. Center court coverage. We've got Daniil Medvedev taking on Dominic Team. Team actually with a 3-2 head-to-head advantage. Rublev, Dimitrov. The rematch. George Tsitsipas from that final in Cincinnati. Felix looking for his 10th straight win in a row. Andy Murray in action. Nakashima Vavrenka. Jim, Mike, which of these matches do you like the most? I think the most that I'm most interested in is, is Team versus Medvedev. Just because seeing Team start to play such high-level tennis again, now he's going to certainly be tested against Danil. So how well will he play in that one? He, he's played excellently so far. It's been a lot of fun to see him have that sort of arc back to his to his high level that we expect uh, from team in his matches. And the, it's taken him a while to get there. He seems to be there. Well, we're going to have that test tomorrow. Last time they played 2020 ATP Finals final, and Medvedev had to come from set down to beat Dominic Team. What do you think wins the rematch between uh, Chorich and Tsitsipas? That's a good one. I have to go Tsitsipas just because I think the indoors is going to favor him. I think Stefanos is a very big serve and, for, serve and forehand and serve plus one player. Loves to play downhill. Loves to play aggressive. These two have had some very entertaining matches over the years. I can remember the U.S. Open matchup in which I believe Tsitsipas was absolutely rolling. And then Chorich came back, fought back, was able to win that. I believe that match later in five. So they've had some, some tussles back and forth. I'm excited to see how the indoors affects the quality of play. All right. It's going to be another great day of center court right here on Tennis Channel. We've got you covered. And, of course, we will wrap it up with TC Live after that for Jan Michael Gamble. And Chris Eubanks, I'm Steve Weissman. What a Wednesday we saw today in Basel and Vienna. The action just gets better and better and better as we lead to the year-end championships. It is the chase for the championships right here on Tennis Channel.